Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. All right, let's get to our next guest. We're joined by Derek Scissors, uh, Chief Economist at uh, China Beigebook, and uh, discussing that slew of economic data that we got out of China by surprise yesterday and what comes next after Chinese President and Xi Jinping secured a third term. First of all, the uh, data itself uh, sort of uh, perhaps uh, belied that uh, speculation that uh, it was delayed simply because it was bad, because GDP was better than expected, and we had other bits and bobs of data which were better than expected, apart from, of course, retail sales there. Uh, gives a sense what uh, it, uh, it, the picture it drew for you. Uh, I do think the, second qu- the third quarter was better than the second quarter. I don't think that's unreasonable. The second quarter was terrible uh, due to the uh, Shanghai lockdown that was mentioned earlier, among other things. I do think also that the data has been massaged to make it look a little better than it actually is. I think the 3.9% third quarter GDP growth is probably off by half uh, a percent or, or more. Maybe it's more in the low threes than the high threes. Uh, that is an effect on, on annual GDP growth. Um, I think even you know the retail sales are the weakness. They were reported as gaining 3.5% in the third quarter, but import growth for the third quarter was below 1%, which is pretty hard to reconcile with, with strong consumption from the second quarter. Um, so I, I think the, the data, I think it's le- legitimate for China to say, hey, the economy got better in the third quarter. I think it did. But I also yeah. think that the, it was puffed up a little bit for the party Congress. And still plenty of issues remain. Uh, so we've had this route in Chinese assets, and you do have some like Marco Kalanovich and, and others as well saying uh, that this could be an opportunity uh, that it doesn't support the fundamentals. Uh, but, but I think we do need to say that it could be different this time. I mean, we may not get a bounce because President Xi, he's not going anywhere, and he hasn't shown – um, the likelihood to change very much. And so the campaign to rein in the private sector may be with us for a long time. Yeah, I, I think that's the right take. I mean, we, we've seen Wall Street, including JP Morgan, say again and again and again, okay, you know, now China's going to turn around. And it doesn't. Uh, I suppose if you make the prediction 10 times, you're going to be right once and then say, look, I was right. But the, the key point is what you raised, which is fundamentals include policy. They include the development model that you're, that you're trying to implement. And China is not trying to implement the development model that a lot of people want them to implement. Uh, they want to, to turn back to growth and to think that more prosperity for private business is really important. And that's just, that hasn't been the case. It hasn't been the case before COVID. Uh, Xi Jinping attacked the private sector in China before COVID started. He wasn't exactly exactly pro-private sector before that. So I, I think saying the fundamentals in China are good misses a policy environment where China is not trying to do what a lot of foreign observers want it to do. It's instead trying to make itself more independent, which is a very different thing than growing quickly. Yeah, this is it, isn't it? I mean, it's meant to be about qualitative and not quantitative growth right now. But, uh, you know, that's one way of looking at it, I suppose. 
I mean, it, you know, if you depends on what you mean by qualitative. I, I do think there's less pollution in China, so that that's a positive. Uh, they do want to have better jobs, not not makeshift construction jobs the way that they were creating when when the labor force was expanding really rapidly. But another element of quality for Xi Jinping, I think, is pretty clear: is if we're less dependent on the rest of the world and the world, rest of the world is more dependent on us, that's good growth. I'd rather have three percent growth like that than six or seven percent growth where. I fear my political opponents overseas, for example, in the United States, have more leverage. So that's another element of quality. For him, quality growth is a, is a political term as well as an economic and environmental term. Well, let's talk about quality of, of policymaking because you know that's one of the reasons why we've seen the sell-off in, in Chinese assets is that it's, it's not just that uh, all the power rests with Xi Jinping. It's that some people will be appointed into positions out of loyalty rather than out of um, quality of management. I think that that's reasonable. I don't know how important it is. Um, did the people who were in these positions before have any discretion? Uh, I don't. I, I, I almost hesitate to name people's names, but the the, the current. Well, I think Li Keqiang did, right? right? Li Keqiang sort of stood up to President Xi in some ways uh, and actually changed the policy making uh, structure at the State Council. Uh, he didn't. He wasn't able to modify zero COVID. Um, he didn't stop the attack on the private sector in 2019. Um, okay. You know, there are a lot of examples. I, I, you may be right. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not saying that. Oh, we know what really goes on behind the scenes, and maybe Li Keqiang had more influence than we think. But if he did have more influence than we think, imagine how bad in terms of of you know, growth model China would be following uh, because things have not been good in terms of, of Chinese economic policy maximizing prosperity. It's accomplished other goals, but not maximizing prosperity. If Li has been able to modify that, yes, then we're heading for big trouble. But I don't think it's because well, of quality. I think it's because who has influence over Xi? I think that's the question yeah. more than quality. Well, I, I think the, the general gist of the question was that policymaking may not get better from here. You oh, I, I, I don't dispute think any, that. There, no, there's no reason to think that it would. I don't know why <laughs> yeah. anyone would have thought that a week ago. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that was the point. Uh, it could get uh, it could get worse, uh, depending upon, I suppose, you know, what you think. Um, you know, the 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 um, dividing line is. Derek, we're out of time, unfortunately. Derek Scissor is chief economist at China Beige Book. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.